where we're going to look this this morning, the book of Acts chapter 27, and just talk about America in a storm. America is in a storm right now. Now, the storm has been brewing for a long time, a lot of years, most of my lifetime, Uh, but uh, right now the storm is becoming much, much more fierce and much more serious right now. I think that uh, the old saying, the chickens have come home to roost, is what our nation is facing right now. A people that have just rejected God. So many people that have turned from God. In my lifetime, prayer has been removed from the public arena. The Bible has been removed from the public. Uh, The Ten Commandments has been removed from courthouses and public buildings across the nation. And I know it may seem like, well, what's the big deal with that? Every, every decision made was another step away from God and moving a nation away from the Lord. And then decisions for the past 50 years to murder more than 60 million babies in our country, which is a devastating, horrible thing. Then the legalization of sodomy and perversion, legalized uh, same-sex marriage, all of these things. And now we've come to a place of all of this gender confusion. And just the last few years, things, it's like it's ramped up to the point now that uh, what we see is an apostasy in our country right now. And uh, rejection of God has brought us to this place now where people don't even know what is right. They have no concept of what is right. When you reject the word of God, when you reject the things of God, the presence of God, the law of God, when all these things are rejected, then there is nowhere to turn. There is no solution. There's no answer. And so we find ourselves in a moral storm, political storm. We're in a crisis in our nation Right now, America is in a storm. Acts 27 is the most uh, notable storm that I know of in the scripture that uh, Paul the Apostle faces this storm. And I I think we can see some parallels to this storm in Acts 27 and understand how that God wants us to respond now in a time of spiritual storm in our nation right now. I believe that we are headed toward an even greater storm. I believe that we are on the brink of, and I'm not just saying this uh, without uh, a lot of consideration, because I do with all of my heart believe that we're facing the most severe storm that the United States of America has ever faced. And it's because of the rejection of God. And uh, we're facing that. We're void of leadership. Those, many of these uh, people that are running for office, running for the presidency, that uh, it's obvious that there is so much corruption, so much wickedness, 
that uh, no one really knows who to put confidence in. Uh, we just don't know what to do in a time like this. So we are, we're void of, of leaders. We cannot keep going like we're going. We're headed into a great storm. Paul, the apostle, perceived that as he is a prisoner getting on board a ship, even as a prisoner. He's been a prisoner for two years. He's gone before three different courts, and now he's been being uh, shipped to, uh, to Rome. And, uh, and so they're placing him as a prisoner on uh, this, this uh, ship headed to Rome. Now, I do know this much about the Apostle Paul, that even, in, even though he was a prisoner, even though it seemed like that he didn't have any control over the situation, Paul fully understood that God was ultimately in control. So as we are in a storm in our nation right now, where we don't know where to turn and we certainly don't, can't find answers uh, in, in politics or in, uh, our, in man-made solutions, it's just not there. It's just not available right now. There's not anywhere really that we can turn. Now, I don't mean to be gloom and doom. I just, want, I just want to talk to you about the storm in our country and how that the, the church and Christians need to respond to that. How that we, we, we are to respond to such a severe time that we're in. Notice that in this storm that Paul is in, that eventually they get into a storm that is called Heraclodon. That was a severe storm, like a hurricane, probably a Category 5, like a Katrina-type uh, storm that they get into. And that meant that nothing they did, nothing they could do could resolve the situation. These were experienced mariners. Even the Apostle Paul had a lot of experience in ships, traveling by ship. He knew a lot about uh, uh, traveling. He, he traveled hundreds and thousands of miles by ship. He knew some things about what it meant to be out there on the waters. And he knew that a storm was brewing and this was no ordinary storm. He called, they called it Heraclodon, like a hurricane that was going to be a storm of great proportion uh, that was going to be such damage that they, no matter what they tried to do, when you read the chapter, it says that they tried to secure the storm, uh, secure the ship. They tried to put helps, wrap the ship with uh, ropes and cords to hold it together so that it would, they tried to do everything that these experienced sailors knew to do to save the ship, but they were not going to be able to do that. And I think that uh, we need to understand that what's happening in our nation right now, there is no man-made solution. There is no political leader, certainly not any that's on the, on, on the horizon right now, no political leader that has the answers uh, to the predicament that we're in right now. There's only one solution, and there's going to have to be a word from God. There's going to have to be a people of God. There's going to have to be a church of the Lord Jesus Christ that rises to the storm uh, as the Apostle Paul did. Now, the Bible says that um, 
I believe that he understood he was in the will of God. So let's just remember that we are in this world at this time for such a time as this. It's no accident that you're alive and that I'm alive uh, during this season and this time in history. God's put us here for a purpose. We can't afford to fail. God has placed us at this time and this season and we must do the will of God. We need to know the will of God and do the will of God with our lives. Paul knew that he was right in the middle of the will of God. He knew that he was on that ship that was headed to Rome. The Lord had appeared to him when he was in prison in Caesarea. Acts 23, the Lord appeared to him, telling him, Be of good cheer, Paul, for thou hast testified of me in Jerusalem. So must thou bear witness also at Rome. This was long before he got on this ship that he had a word from God. You're going to go to Rome, Paul. And uh, he heard from the Lord and the Lord appeared to him and gave to him this, this message. Don't be afraid. So I, I, even with all of the darkness and the gloom and the, uh, the horribleness of the predicament that we're in in our world right now, this is no time for the church to be afraid. This is no time for the church uh, to, to think that, uh, that there is no hope. The only hope is in the Lord. The only hope is in uh, the church revived and filled with the power of the Spirit of God and operating in the, in the will of God. And we are to do the will of God. So when you're in a storm, make sure that you're right in the center of the will of God that you're doing his will, you're obeying his voice, you're walking according to the word of the Lord. Amen. The Bible says that the Apostle Paul, when the storm began to brew, that the Apostle Paul then had some words uh, to say. He spoke up and said and warned them. He warned them that this storm was going to bring some damage, that this storm was was going to be a dangerous storm. He spoke up and warned them that there was going to be loss and damage as a result of, of the storm. But the Bible says that the centurion and the, Roman, the Romans that were in charge, they preferred to listen to the sailors, to the experts. They preferred to listen to them. But that didn't keep the Apostle Paul from speaking up. And even though his words were rejected, even though what he said was not accepted, he still was determined to speak up and to speak the truth. So when the storm is brewing in our culture and in our world as it is right now, I'm not suggesting that we be obnoxious or overbearing about it, but neither do I believe that we should tuck our heads and be ashamed we should speak up. We should stand up. We need to declare the word of the Lord. We need to declare the dangers of the time that we're living in right now. A lot of people are living right now as if they're just ignoring the things that are happening in our world right now, as if it's not a critical and a serious time. But it's time for us as the church of the Lord Jesus Christ to speak up, 
speak up and declare the word of the Lord and to give warning to this generation that judgment is just around the corner in the United States of America if we do not pay attention to the word of the Lord. He was not afraid to speak up. Your voice needs to be heard. We can't afford to be silent in a world and at a time that we're faced with right now. I believe that God has called us to speak up, to speak the truth. Yes, speak the truth in love, but be willing to declare the word of the Lord, to speak the truth to this generation, to warn those that are living carelessly and uh, not noticing, not even paying any attention to the seriousness of the times that we are in. There was the warning to those churches in Revelation, those seven churches uh, of Asia. One of those to Sardis, the warning was, be, be watchful, strengthen the things that remain that are ready to die, for I have not found thy works perfect before God. Remember therefore how thou hast received and heard and hold fast and repent. If therefore thou shalt not watch, I will come on thee as a thief and thou shalt not know the hour I will come upon thee. I've never traveled to that area of the world, but I've read enough about it to know that all of these churches are now just ruins. That's all they are. They're ruins. And uh, many of them succumbed to the culture around them, uh, to the things that were going on in the world at that time, even though they had received a direct warning and a direct message to those churches that had come by the Spirit of God to them, yet they did not pay attention to the warnings. So God is calling us, I believe, in this hour to be courageous, to be bold, to speak up, to speak the truth uh, uh, to this generation and to warn them of the times that we're in right now. The storm is coming. The storm is coming and we need to see it for what it is. Another thing about Paul was he was so perceptive. He was in tune with the voice of the Spirit of God. I don't believe that Paul was an expert sailor. He had been on a lot of ships he knew a lot of things about, uh, uh, about sailing, but he wasn't an expert. He understood that what he needed was to hear from God. And so he was in touch with God. We can't stick our heads in the sand. We can't trust that, well, everything will just work out okay. No, we have to look at it with, uh, with honesty and um, uh, with sincerity and face the, the situations of our world uh, right now and sound the warning, sound the warning uh, to all of those around us that the judgment, the storm is coming. The storm is coming. If there's not a move of God, if there's not a turning back to God, and I have to tell you that uh, things such as the Asbury revival and other revivals we've heard about uh, different places around the country, those have been encouraging and I believe things like that are the only answer. Uh, when young people and people of all ages 
uh, begin to turn to God with their whole heart and, and seek after the Lord and with their whole heart, that's the answer. That's the solution. Man-made solutions will not work. Political ideas will not resolve the problems that we're in right now. We need God to step on the scene. We need a move of God so desperately in our land. And God can, whenever God moves, it changes everything. Praise God. It changes everything. I know I've told this a lot of times, but it's fresh in my mind because there was a lady that was a Sunday school teacher who obeyed the voice of the Lord and went and knocked on doors. And this was in the, the 40s, 1944, 45, something like that. And they knocked on the door of my mother's home when she was just a little girl. And her and her sister responded to that and went to Sunday school. The seeds of truth were planted in their heart. Those seeds have been far-reaching, far-reaching um, because of the, the obedience of that one person to do the will of God. And uh, my mother said that she would lay in bed at night after hearing those Sunday school lessons and cry because she wanted to be saved. She wanted to know the Lord. And throughout her teen years, the Lord dealt with her several times. And, and, uh, but when she was 20 years old, there was two little babies. I was one of them. And my, my other brother, my middle brother was born. My baby brother was not born yet. My mother was 20 years old. And uh, she, uh, the Lord began to deal with her. She uh, knelt and prayed and got saved at home and, and gave her heart to the Lord at home and then started going to a little general Baptist church that was one block down the street from where my mother was raised. I drove by that. I drove by that church last week thanking God thanking God for people that obeyed the voice of the Lord and sowed the seeds of truth in the heart of my mother and just a young little mother who wanted to, to know God and as a result, myself and my two brothers all have served the Lord all these years. Praise God. Praise God. Oh, how important it is to obey the voice of God and to realize how powerful the seeds of truth can be, how far-reaching they can be to touch the lives of many people. There is no such thing as a man-made solution to the ills of our country. The only answer is a move of God. The only answer is a work of the Spirit of God. They can bring about change and transformation. They tried in verse 17 of this chapter. It says that they, 
they, uh, they tried to use helps. They undergirded the ship. They were, they were, they were afraid that they were going to be cast onto the quicksands. They brought their sails down and the ship was just driven. They give up. They, they knew they could not do anything about it. It was out of their power. The storm was too strong. It was too powerful. There was nothing that they could do to resolve the situation. Let me tell you, men will contrive all kinds of plans and ideas. And they'll do everything except turn to God. They'll do everything except turn uh, to the Lord. They even, the Bible says they even had to lighten the ship. They, they threw out everything that they possibly could to try to lighten the ship. They were doing everything in their power to save the situation. But none of it could change it. None of it could save them in the storm. Verse 20, it says, And when neither sun nor stars in many days appeared, and no small tempest lay on us, all hope that we should be saved was then taken away. That's the despair of this circumstance. That's the despairing of the situation in our country right now. No hope. No hope. Nothing but darkness. Nothing but hopelessness. No hope at all. But the only hope comes from God. Amen. Verse 21. But Paul, after long abstinence, Paul had been down in the bottom of that ship for a good long time. He had been calling on God. He had been fasting. He came forth in the midst of them and said, Sirs, you should have hearkened unto me. I told you so. You should have listened to me and not have loosed from Crete to have gained this harm and loss. But now I exhort you to be of good cheer. Praise God for a good word of hope. In the midst of darkness, in the midst of despair, in this situation. But the only answer came out of a prayer meeting. The only answer came out of a time of someone seeking God and calling upon the Lord. And Paul's calling, calling out to God. Be of good cheer. For there shall be no loss of any man's life among you, but of the ship. I don't know what implications that may be if you really want to compare the ship to America. I don't know. I don't know what the future holds for the United States of America. But I do know that there is hope if we'll call on God. There is hope if we'll call on the Lord. For there stood by me this night the angel of God, whose I am and whom I serve, saying, Fear not, Paul, thou must be before, thou must be brought before Caesar. And lo, God hath given thee all of them that sail with thee. I thought he was the prisoner. I thought he was not the important guy. I thought it was the, it was the, the Roman soldiers and uh, uh, the centurions and all of those. But from God's perspective, the most important one was Paul. They're sailing with you, Paul. You thought you were sailing with them as the prisoner, but, but God's promised Paul, I'm going to give them all that are sailing with you. Amen. 
He was saying, Paul, my eyes on you. I'm watching you in the midst of all of this struggle and storm and hopelessness. My eyes are upon you. And the only ones that are going to be saved are the ones that, uh, that to follow in step with the will of God and the purpose of God and the call of God. Fear not, Paul. Thou must be brought before Caesar. Again, the promise that, we gave, that was given to Paul. You're going to Rome. This is my will for you. The second time that God spoke to him and said, you are going to Rome. You're going to stand before Caesar. This is the will and the plan of God. And I'm going to give thee all of them that sail with thee. Well, wherefore, sirs, this is verse 25, be of good cheer, for I believe God that it shall be even as it was told me. Praise God. Hallelujah. The answer for America will come out of the prayer meetings in this country, out of people that are calling on God, out of the, out of the altars of churches across this country. And I pray that churches that have forgotten about the power and the, the importance of prayer, that it will be, re, be revived once again and folks will see the need to call on God. Yeah. They'll see the need to get a hold of God and see the power of that prayer. Yeah. Praise God. My mom had written about four pages of notes. My mom was a very detailed person. She wanted things done the way she wanted them done. And she had it all written out for us. She also had written out her, her testimony for us so that we would not forget how that God had moved in her life and saved, saved her life and saved us. And uh, she had written all these things out for us to, uh, to follow through with her, her wishes and her, her plans that she wanted. Everything was, was completely uh, detailed. <laughs> Amen. For those of you that know my mom, my mom, was, she, was a, she was a planner. I, I remember uh, uh, going into the kitchen in the mornings and seeing notes written for me. Today, I want you to do this. Today, I want you to do this chore. Get this job done. <clears throat> that was my mom. And she even had it all the way to the end. Amen. All the way to the end. She had it all transcribed for us. Praise God. Hallelujah. Nothing to be left to chance. And here we are. All these years later, I'm 67 years old. I was, uh, I was four years old when my mother got saved. So all these years, the plan of God has unfolded. It's unfolded. Praise God. Hallelujah. It's given me so much of a, of a confidence to know that if we'll just do the will of God, if we'll just obey the voice of God, it's going to pay off. It's going to pay off. Be of good cheer. You may be in the middle of a storm, and we are in our country. It's, it's a frightening time. 
that we're living in and our hope is going to come out of the prayer meetings, out of the revivals, out of the outpouring of the Spirit of God. Amen. I'm so thankful to hear the reports of how God has moved for our young people, these camps. And I know that it's, it's, it's made an eternal difference in their life. Praise God for it. Praise God. It's the only answer. It's the only solution for our world, for our nation. The only way we're going to come out of this storm is to put our trust completely in the Lord. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Father, we thank you for the, the hope that we have in you. Outside of you, there is no hope. But Lord, in you, we do. We have confidence. And we know, Lord, that you are you're doing wonderful things, mighty things, speaking to our hearts, dealing with us, Lord, about the times that we're in right now. Give us the courage, Lord, to follow your will. Give us the courage to speak up, Lord, in this time. Help us to know, Lord, that the only answer, there's no man-made answer, there's no human solution, but Lord, there's an answer that can come from those who seek God with their whole heart. Lord, you can do a work. You can do a work in the middle of this stormy circumstance that we're in, in our country. And we, we're trusting you. We're trusting you, Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Let's stand together.